This is Point of View with Chris Berg. Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us here on this Friday evening. We've got a really, really fun show in store for you tonight. Be sure and stick around because coming up in the next segment, we're actually going to take you inside the mind of Gen Zers. <laughs> and it's fascinating. Fascinating. So be sure and stick around for that. We start tonight with Minnesota's education system and the achievement gaps that they're having some challenges with there. We talked about this on Wednesday nights and hey, we were going to have a couple special guests, Matur Alieri. He is with Diversity and Inclusion Director over at Moorhead Public Schools. Also, Representative Paul Marquardt joined us. He is on the um, Education Finance Committee in the House in Minnesota. So we we talked about, hey, what, what's happening in Minnesota? How do we close these achievement gaps? But also, there was some good, good breaking news in Minnesota earlier today regarding the Minnesota budget. So here's some of that conversation from earlier today. Today, joining us right now, Minnesota Representative Paul Marquardt is with us. He is actually on the Education Finance Committee. So, Representative Marquardt, great to see you, and thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Also, Matur Alieri is back. He was with us last night as well, but he is also working over the Moorhead Schools. He's got a perfect title for what we're going to be talking about tonight, Director of Equity and Inclusion. Um, there are some major achievement gaps in Minnesota. We touched on this on Wednesday night, and so we're going to be talking about what we can do to close some of those achievement gaps. Before we get into that, though, Representative Marquardt, some breaking news today about uh, the Minnesota budget. For <laughs> People are unemployed, but the numbers are turning around. What's happening there? Well, it was good news. I mean, we went from about a $1.3 billion deficit to report now that we're about $1.6 billion surplus. And, you know, the economy is rebounding better than people had thought. Uh, it's stronger than people had thought it would be. But it does kind of show how concentrated those that are having a tough time, how concentrated it is on those folks, especially people in the service industry. I mean, we still know there's about 120,000 people unemployed who are in hospitality and leisure, your restaurants and bars and fitness centers, entertainment venues. And so there still is a lot of need out there, but it certainly was good news. It'll give us uh, some room to provide some of those important investments. Well, and it sounded like it was mainly the federal relief bills that have given you guys a little bit of cushion. And I, again, I don't want to get in the weeds because I want to focus on education, but I just, it's hard for a layman like myself to hear that because many people, like you said, are struggling. And then we hear, well, hey, the feds are taking care of the states, but people are still just trying to put food on the table. So let's talk education. All right. So uh, we, we touched on the equity gap here in a moment, but I want to share with both you guys. Um, Senator Dames out of Minnesota put a video out on Facebook re recently. You know, he just sat down, put a video up. It's been shared now over uh, 7,000 times, being, been seen over 300,000 times. So I want to play for some of that for you guys, and then we'll give, well, that'll uh, kind of start our conversation. So here he is. Today, I'd like to talk about the social study standards and some of the proposed changes. The first proposal came out the end of December, and it's proposing some pretty drastic changes, in my opinion. Now, everybody may have a different opinion, and that's great. But some of the things they want to take out of the social study standards is the Pledge of Allegiance, the American flag, uh, the history of both World War I, World War II, and other uh, wars that we've been in, the Revolution and things like that. They want to take those out. They want to take out uh, responses to the global conflict. They want to take out the history of the Civil War and of some of our presidents. They want to add different things in. One of the things they want to add in is the 
systemic racism in the United States rooted in our founding, uh, how freedom and democracy have included or excluded certain groups of people. Another one that I find interesting is an analysis of the ideology of the manifest destiny and its relationship to whiteness, Christianity, and capitalism. I would ask that you go into the website and look up the Center of the American Experiment. And there's an outline there that will show you what is being proposed to be taken out of the social studies standards and what's proposed to be put in. And when you look at that, if you have concerns one way or the other, if you would be so kind as to contact the Minnesota Department of Education and let them know your thoughts and concerns. Keep in mind that when these standards are completed, there will be another draft coming out in March, but when these standards are completed, this will be the text that will be taught to our children for the next 10 years. So I would ask that you take a look at it and then decide. So, Representative Marquardt, I believe you're at least a history and or social studies, yeah. just your reaction to this, sir. Oh, well, it, it, I'm still going to teach World War One. World War Two is still going to be taught. I mean, so here's the deal. Uh, you know, there's more inclusion. There's more things added on the racial stripe and so forth, as it should be. It, it's meeting a demographic and it's talking about other areas of our history. But one thing about the social study standards is they're pretty broad, but I pulled through those and I went through the drafts. There's three or four instances where World War One and World War Two is actually mentioned. Now, I may not, if I'm a history, go through every single battle of World War Two, but you might want to talk about, well, how did World War Two lead to the Cold War and the relationship between the Soviet Union and the United States, you're, you're looking at getting the students to think more and to be more active citizens. And so that's part of these. And so for, for him to say that this is being taken out and it can't be taught simply is not accurate. And you go through there, the Constitution is talked about. No one's going to prevent you from talking about the flag or the Pledge of Allegiance. It's... Um, so anyway, I mean, I, I'm a social studies teacher and um, things are pretty broad. Teachers are given a lot of leeway. School districts kind of guide that, but you have general standards that you follow and you have a lot of discretion on how you want to do that. So it, and you're right. No one's going to stop you from teaching that stuff. But I think what concerns parents is the fact that it's even being suggested to potentially, and again, this is a first draft, but even potentially remove some of those things. Mature, I want to get your take on this because, you know, if you do your research in Minnesota, um, and I'm going to get more into this in a moment, but ranks Minnesota among the worst in achievement gap states. Um, this is from 2019 study. There's a study from The Atlantic or a report, I should say, or an article. Again, 2015, that's a while ago, but that you guys still haven't solved the problem in Minnesota. What, what needs to happen that we can begin to close this equity gap uh, in Minnesota? I think... Uh... With that, I think they, the work already did start. That's why they have the title of equity and inclusion director to try to figure it out and, and to try to. So I would say the Minnesota is in the right track into getting that gap closed. What is like uh, with my role as a director of equity and inclusion with Morehead Area Public School is to open those door of opportunities and close that achievement gap within our school district. And not just look at it as the, the racist problem. It's every student problem. Thank you for saying that. And, and Representative Mark, I want to get your take, because one of the things that jumped out to me when you read 
the headline of this report, I think many people are going to say, oh, well, that's got to be an ethnicity or a race situation when you talk about the achievement gaps. And yet on the actual study, it says, yeah, there's a large disparity across socioeconomic status in addition to the race and ethnicity. But they say, hey, the socioeconomics is really the main driver. And as I look at annual yearly reports in the past as well, it was incredible to look at socioeconomic status and what that meant for um, typically lower uh, GPA test scores. Just your thoughts or reaction to that, please. Well, this has been a big issue. Is, you know, Minnesota, we tend to score well on most of the achievement standardized tests, uh, but we do have one of the largest achievement gaps in the nation between white students and students color and lower income. There's no doubt about that. And it's interesting, the one article you put up by the Federal Reserve Board of Minneapolis, when I was the education finance chair, I had Rob Grunewald, who was one of the authors of that study, talk about how important it was to close the achievement gap. And in fact, if we could show, close the achievement gap, within 15 or 20 years, we'd improve our gross domestic product economic activity by 2 to 5%. And that's huge. That's 5 to $10 billion of increased workforce activity and economic uh, support. So it's important. And what can we do? I mean, they even lay out in that study there that you have some of the things that work. And one is making sure you've got good, strong teachers. You're using data and you're also giving schools a little more autonomy on how to set up curriculums and deal uh, with uh, student uh, performance. So it's, it's huge, and it's an issue we need to deal with. And I will say, unfortunately, we're not moving quick enough in closing the achievement gap in Minnesota, but it's an absolutely crucial to the survival and the strength of our economy that we do. Um, a question around that. I mean, how much can, can we then look at the familial situation, right? I mean, I was, I was raised by a single mom. I mean, there, there was times when my mom literally had to look at her account and go, okay, do I put gas in the car or do I put food in my kid's mouth? I mean, it, it, it's tough out there if you're a single parent. And when you talk about the socioeconomic thing, I mean, is there a way to integrate or, I don't know, better have a better relationship with the school systems and, and families to help young people close this gap? And Mature, we'll go to you. Yeah, th thank you, Chris. And, and I think uh, Senator Market uh, kind of put it together. Because when you look at it, like when I look at it, there's a lot of a lot of uh, barriers that contribute to why the student is not doing well within the school. The, the barrier like being raised by a single parent, not having the devices or, or, or books to read at home or, or other stuff. Like some kids, we probably do have some students that do work. They go to work. I went when I was uh, in high school. I was working to pay my own rent because I came here alone, and and and, and that was a barrier. I could barely get time to read, you know. But I I was pushing it. So these barriers do do contribute to why the gap is there, and the barriers with with some kid don't have support within the home, and we expect the whole school district to solve everything. And those barriers—that's what we're looking at. And what, how do we provide and, and and resources and 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 get rid of those barriers to have every kid or to close that achievement gap? Amen, Representative Marco. I want to give you a chance to comment on that because you know in North Dakota there was a big conversation about 
uh, English second language learning, uh, you know, the money that was going into that program. I'm not sure how big of a conversation is in Minnesota, but yet I look at Mature and I think, gosh, what an incredible success story. He comes over here from a refugee camp. I don't know how much English you spoke, Mature, but I can't imagine trying to go to Sudan and be successful in a classroom. And what Mature's told me is that, you know, when you come over to the States as a refugee, let's say they say, oh, you're 16. They just plug you into a sophomore as a sophomore. They don't even take into consideration, hey, maybe we need to slow things down a little bit and get you up to speed. And if you can't read the language, you're not going to be successful in a classroom. Just your your thoughts on that, Representative Marquardt. Well, that's you're exactly right. Mature, what he's mentioning on, you know, the family situation at home and, and how important that uh, that is. And I'm concerned that with COVID-19 and what we're seeing with the distance learning, all that is going to only exasperate that problem because there's a lot of families and kids at home that it, they don't have the computers, they don't have the internet access, they're not getting the help at home. And actually getting into the school has been the great equalizer that now is going to be lost for a lot of these students. So I'm afraid that's going to kind of exasperate things. But there is one thing that we're doing and looking at new in Minnesota that's been going on for a few years. It's called Full Service Community Schools. And uh, we're talking about that right now in Education Finance Committee, where you bring the whole community together, you know, the family, the community, the student. But when you do that, it allows the teacher to focus just on the academic part. And then you have other people in the community dealing with homelessness, mental health, um, dentist appointments, and so forth. Right now, a lot of that's all on the teacher, and they're not, you know, they can't do that. It, it's kind of a holistic approach. And Great conversation there. So thanks so much to Mature and Representative Marquardt. If you want to see that conversation in its entirety, very easy to do. Just go to our Facebook page. It's facebook.com forward slash POV now. All right. Stay with us. When we come back, we're going to take you inside the mind of Gen Z. Fascinating conversation coming up. And as always, please share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back. 